Welcome to Win the Day Podcast, hosted by Cyrus Jaffrey. Here, we interview top entrepreneurs, industry leaders, business owners, as well as individuals that perform at the highest level in the country. We dive deep into their thought process and the things that they do to separate themselves from the competition. Right. Jack, man, good to have you, brother. What's up? Appreciate you coming on Win the Day Podcast. Looking forward to this, man. I've known you for a long time, so this will be fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, appreciate it, man. So a little bit about Jack, everybody. Uh, experienced recruiter of our 19 years, mm-hmm. uh, and he is the CEO of One Staff Medical in 2010. Mm-hmm. Is One Staff was created. That's, I think, when we met you, 2011. Yeah, right. Probably 2012. Yep. Um, doesn't see himself as a CEO. He spends more time on the floor training his managers and recruiting force and how to become successful recruiters. Uh, strongly believes he's achieved through being upfront and honest with all the candidates, no matter what their story is. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's awesome, man. And then I love this. He works under the philosophy, if you executively manage from 10,000 feet for too long, you forget what it is that your internal and external employees are looking for. Jack prides himself on being much more grounded than the typical CEO. So, And having worked for large and small firms, the diverse experience allowed you to become uh, bring a style of company to the industry that can function like the big firms while keeping the mindset of a small company. So Jack's One Staff Medical has a family mindset and then the dedication to change the perception of traveling recruiting firms and their relationship with travelers has helped One Staff Medical repeatedly earn rewards such as best staffing firms to recruit for, fastest growing private companies from both Inc. 500 and staff and industry analysts, not to mention locally the best place to work in Omaha. Yeah. That's a lot, man. (laughs) We're very lucky. Very lucky. That is awesome, man. That's a great bio. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's a little bit about Jack, man. We'll get right to it, man. Okay. I got to pick your brain on a lot of things. Yeah, you bet. And everybody's looking forward to this conversation. So let's get started. Jack Sweeney, CEO of One Staff Medical, man. Let's talk about how One Staff came around. So once I came around, I worked for uh, some larger firms in the past. So again, 19, 20 years now. And truth of the matter, uh, One Staff came around my best friend and my business partner, so Jason Avenel, kind of had the idea. So 20 years ago when he recruited me into this business, um, literally said, I think you could could sell. You know, we're coming out of college, and I'm thinking, I don't want to sell. You know, I want to be in marketing, or I want something glamorous. Let's do advertising. You know, I don't want to sell. I don't want to be, you know, in the root of, of everything. And he literally called me up uh, when I was working for a bank and said, we're expanding this business out here, so I think, I think you should come out and interview. So him and I, he took me to Shirley's Diner, and we had a lunch. And he literally told me about the job. And for me, I was like, oh, I have my career path. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm 22 years old. You know, I'm working my way up through the bank. I'm going to be an executive someday. You know, you have all these dreams and everything. And he said, dude, sales, you could do it. I kn- if anybody could do this, you could do yeah. it. So I said, all right. Uh, and honestly, I went out and interviewed. And I walked out of that place thinking, nah, I don't really, hmm. you know, I, don't, I still don't want to sell. You know, I'm on a, I got a degree. I, I want to do something more glamorous, right? Okay. And truth of the matter, when I left, um, I'll never forget because one of the um, – one of the main managers or exe- you know executives who had interviewed followed me and said, I can see your hesitation, but you're the type that we're looking for. I want you to, when you leave, I want you to drive through 
and see all the cars in the parking lot. Okay. And I never saw the cars on the way in. Yeah. Because I'm looking for the interview on right. the way out, I saw them. And there was uh. Corvettes, Mercedes, BMWs, jacked nice. up trucks. Yeah. You know, uh, Mustangs, Camaro, every, everything that a kid would want. And truth of the matter, at that point, I said, that's what I want. I want, I want money. That's your parking lot, dude. That was, go yeah. in your parking that's lot our today. parking lot now. And Jason and I take pride <laughs> over that so because cool, when you provide something, people in sales, yeah. they want more. They want yeah. something more. Yeah. And truth of the matter, when I left that parking lot, I, I said, okay, I want more. And okay. I accepted the position. And through working with that company, um, I decided to start my own four years later. Okay. The corporation got large, so large that we forgot how, how hard it is to work on the floor. Oh, you sure. know, when you're in sales, whether you're a manager or not, if you forget how hard it is to work on the floor, then you've forgotten everything. And truth of the matter, when I decided, I, I left and tried to recreate my own. And truth of the matter, after a number of years, yeah. I failed. The market went bad. The economy went bad. And... Man, I almost I almost lost everything. This is 08 is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. 08, 09. Okay. I ended up I ended up uh luckily I had a firm that wanted uh, uh that had been kind of following me along and wanted to buy us. But the market had tanked so bad that truth of the matter, I sold it for nothing. I walked away with a little bit. I walked away honestly uh debt-free. Okay. Knowing that maybe I could start all the way back yeah. over again. But truth of the matter, you know, I look back and I I made so many mistakes. Yeah, sure. I, I literally failed at, the, at that first company. Huh. And a year into my contract with the company that I sold to, here comes Jason again. Huh. And he says, he hey, uh, you bet. He gave me a phone call and said, hey, man, you want to do it again? And I said, absolutely. This is when? 2010. This is so 2010. So early 2010, he says, you want to do it again? And I said, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's go. Nice. I said, let's rock. And he immediately, uh, he said, all right, what do we need? You know, what do we need to do? What do we need to go in? And him and I sat and I had a little bit of money stashed away yep. at that point and said, okay, let's, let's, let's use this and uh, let's do it the right way this time though. Okay. So truth of the matter from every mistake that I made that first time yeah. and now having a business partner. So the first time I was by myself thinking I could do everything on my mm -hmm. own. You know, excuse me, I picked up a business partner, mm. and he just happened to be my best friend. That's so cool. So, and, you know, to this day, from the beginning on, we sat and talked. And because we talked and said, we're not going to make those same mistakes, and he yeah. watched me go through all of it. Sure. He watched me go through the stresses and the ups and downs of owning a business. Uh -huh. And he said, I, I saw you, you know, um, I had gotten divorced, yeah. you know, uh, I was going to the bars a lot. Yeah. I, I had crawled into a hole yeah, yeah. Um, because when your business, which is your baby, mm -hmm. doesn't go in the w direction that you want, mm -hmm. um, you can become depressed. Yeah. And truth of the matter, this guy picked me up and said, what do we got to do? And we went through all of the things that I messed up the first time. Yeah. And we said, we're going to avoid that this time around. And that's how One Staff started. It was just... From experience, the ups and downs, and truth of the matter, failure. Yeah. Through failure and accepting that failure and getting my butt back up, 
and it helps to have somebody that's right beside you to that's do it cool, as well. Man. Yeah. What What did that failure or or that adversity? What's the biggest lesson you think you learned throughout the, that whole process? Get back up. Yeah. Get back up. Because a lot of people don't though. Unfortunately, no. You know? you know the thing is you're so scared. Yeah. Sure. You're so scared to fail. Yeah. You know when you started your business. Yep. The first few years you're just you're scared. Really rough. I mean you 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 don't you don't want to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when you do, instead of accepting them, you try to band-aid it. And, you know, the thing is, instead of, you know, following through with what mm-hmm. you believe, believe in yourself, mm-hmm. believe in your plan, you end up making little tiny mistakes. And those little mistakes catch up to you. And the thing that a lot of people don't do is once that, you know, first business goes under, I mean, man, my first yes. business went under. Bad experience. First yeah. bad experience. And you start, you just get back up. You get back up and you learn from those mistakes. Yeah. And you don't make don't make the same mistake. That's awesome, man. Good for you. So 2010, one staff medical comes yep. around, right? You have four to five staff, right? So I mean, <laughs> what, how many? Well, yeah, there's only a few of us. Okay. And one of the things we decided to do this okay. time was let's just run it. Jason, you're gonna market, I'm gonna recruit, okay. and we're gonna save money. Okay. All right. Okay. So the first thing is, is when you have a dream. You could go after it and you could borrow a bunch of money. Sure. But then now you're owned by whoever you borrowed money from. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it exceeds the amount of sure. revenue that you're bringing in. So the pressure, yeah. um, it, it, it ends up being too high. Sure. So what we did this time was that we're just going to save money. We're not going to hire mm. until we feel financially secure. Okay. So that's what we did. And that's why our first place was in a really... Low key, low <laughs> rent, one bathroom <laughs> shared by everybody. You know, just a very uh, the yeah. air conditioner and heater never worked. I mean, but forty five <laughs> degrees below the other day, I don't think we would have survived in there. I don't think we would have made it. Um, but we saved our money, yeah. And so we worked, and we didn't hire our first person for I think three years. Okay. So we just built. Okay. And so even as owners, we just sold. Okay. We were salespeople. We managed the business and, and sold. And then decided, like I said, that three years, I think, into it, to hire the first okay. folks. And that's when, you know, when you got to see we only had, you know, four or five folks yep. in there. Yeah. That's cool. What a cool story, man. You know, you got hit right in the face. Yeah. And you're like, all right, let's get back up. We right? can do this again the second time. So um, so you run your team, man, obviously. You have a different way of managing your team mm-hmm. is what I've seen, man. I think it's one of the most unique and the best strategy, in my opinion. You Can you share a little bit about how you run your team, man? Because you're still very involved. Yes. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, so there's obviously everybody sees the memes where there's a boss and there's a leader, mm-hmm. right? Um I'm just not a good boss. Okay. I think I'm a really bad boss okay. because then you're man. I man. I would, you know, boss by emotion. Okay. Um, where when you lead, right? I think people follow when you're willing to do the same job that you're asking them to do. You know, none of my folks that we have um, have I ever asked them to do something that I haven't already done or doing at the exact That's same huge. time. So those folks that started with us, you yeah. know, ten years ago, I'm on the phones. I'm right beside them. And so when you have an employee turn around to you and say, I can't do this, and you say, fine, give me the phone, mm-hmm. and then you do it. So today, you're doing that? Like uh, you, today. Once in a while, you'll just go and say, okay, let me show you how this is done. 100%, I will call Logan 
yeah. or Mike yeah. or Josh and say, if you can't do this, yeah. all right, fine, give me the phone and I'll do it. That's and they cool. say, fine, I'll take care of it. Because here's the deal. You get a couple things when you do that yeah. for people. You're going to immediately get the respect because if it's a new salesperson and now you just closed the sale for them, they get paid, mm -hmm. right? So they're going to start to follow you. But on top of it, they learn because they listen to what you had to say. It's the best way to learn. And that's the difference because I have had bosses that say, say this, say this, do this, mm. do that. But if you don't show me, yeah. how am I supposed to learn? Yeah. Right? But cool. I also don't cut them off too early, and I do let them make mistakes. Okay. They have to make mistakes. To learn. They have to fall on their face, and then I'm there to help pick them up. Yeah. But I don't tell them, I show them. And I think that's the difference. And that's how when I run you know, any of my teams or any of my managers or sales reps, I guess the biggest thing for me, no matter where I'm at in life, I'm not afraid to sit down at a desk right across from sure. you and pick up the phone and start recruiting. Yeah, that's cool, man. Leading Nobody ever thinks, ever should think that they're too good for it. Uh -huh. They're above it. I make too much money. I'm the owner. I'm the yeah. boss. I shouldn't do that. Yeah. No, you get your butt on yeah. the phone right across from your staff that's and there's cool. nothing to do except respect that person. Yeah, you have to. That's cool, man. Yep. Your culture is, I think that's one of the reasons you have one of the best cultures, man, as far as a company goes at your level, you know, because you guys are growing like crazy over 100 employees that you that you guys have over there. Um, so, so, so how can you get a culture, that many people, man, on the same page and, and build the culture that you've built? Because when I walk over there, man, the culture is one of the first things that I notice, man. Everybody's happy, driven, committed, ready to mm -hmm. knock it out of the park that day with their sales. Uh, how, how have you done that, man? How have you brought that culture together? Is it because leading? Is that primary? Or? Primary okay. leading. But Jason and myself are also a couple, you know, owners that we're the least greedy that you'll see. Mm. Instead of how can we uh, stockpile for ourselves, it's a lot more how can we give. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to see the new cars. We love to hear when people buy new houses. Okay. You know, a lot of these things we can live vicariously through okay. them, but we also love to see the progression. Uh, and awesome. when it comes from us, and then your managers see that. Yep. And your managers do that to their folks. Hmm. Honest to God, it shows that they care. Yeah. They want to see people succeed. There's no reason for us not to. And I guess it starts from us. Sure. And I think people see that, you know, they see that we care. And as long as we do and your managers do, your people will tend to care just the same as you do about the company as a whole. You know, they want to hit the they want to hit the goals together. Sure. As well as individually as long as they feel like we care that they're hitting their goals. Yeah. Cool. No, oh, that's awesome, man. So uh, what's your advice to smaller companies like mine? You know, I've got, I think we have 13 employees now. Mm -hmm. How do you, what, what advice do you have for five to 15 employee, employee, employers that have five to 15 employees? How do we grow to a hundred employees? Cause that's where I want to go. That's where sure. a lot of people that are in that stage, they want to grow. They're like, well, it's 2020 hit us. Right. Yep. Like, oh man. Like I can't grow anymore. Right. But you were growing in 2020. You guys grew. So sure. how do you, how do we go? How do companies like us grow? to the next stage, get to 51st maybe. How do sure. we do that? So How'd you guys do that? So the first thing, again, with one staff, we built a good, a very strong structure, okay. right? 
And it's not like we decided or had a bunch of money to grow right away. Okay. So first things, first and foremost, uh, we made sure we were financially stable, right? And then we grew slowly, okay. right? Not to outgrow ourselves. And then when the time came, we decided, let's go for it. Mm. And my How advice you know would be, came? well, it's, honestly, it was a feeling. Okay. It was okay. a feeling. Okay. If a, you take a look at the worst case scenario for mm-hmm. your business, mm-hmm. and, and for us, it was, you know, say we had 30 employees mm-hmm. at that time. Like, okay, if this were to happen, mm. we're financially secure enough, right? Okay. That if a recession happened, mm-hmm. and a lot of our business is to make ourselves recession proof. When I lost my, my first business was right around 2008, 2009, okay. so when the recession hit. Mm-hmm. So what are things that we can do to avoid that? And one of those was not having the pressure of not having any money in the bank, Yeah. Okay. right? So at that point, the feeling was 25, 30 employees, let's go. Okay. Let's just take the money that we've saved okay. and let's plug it into people and let's go. And you already have the structure. And you already have so the you know structure in place. In, they'll get trained well. Absolutely. You got a good leader that's going to show them it. what to do. Yep. And if you think Couldn't about fail. it, we didn't we didn't start truly hiring on a large scale maybe three years ago, yeah. four years ago. I was say maybe three, four, year, three, four, four years, four years ago. Okay. Four years ago is when we started. Okay. And we have gone from the small, medium size to the larger you know, revenue yeah. over a hundred million dollars a year yeah. firm in less than four years. Yeah. Because we had that structure already in place. Yeah, if you jump key. too quick, it's a mistake that you're gonna make. Yeah. You have to have your core people in place, the basic structure of what yeah. your business is. Yeah. And then you have to have the guts to go for it. Okay. When you the, have your that, non-negotiables, like you gotta have those non-negotiables for your business. Like you got person comes in, cancer, okay. That's a non-negotiable, right? Do you have some of that in the business right now? Sure. Um, You know, some of the things that we have that are non-negotiables would literally be effort. Okay. And as uh, Jason would always say, intent. So I'm more of the effort and he's the intent. Okay. Okay. If you have the effort, but you don't have the intent to succeed. So some people can have the effort of saying, okay, I need to make 100 calls Mm -hmm. in a day but they don't make 100 calls in a day. Sure. They just dial up 800 numbers, right? The ones that kind of fake it, right? So oh, I'm showing you an effort, but my intent isn't there. Oh. Those are non-negotiables with us. You have to have the intent. If I'm going to make 100 phone calls, yeah. it's not for you. The 100 phone calls is for me. <laughs> I want the Mercedes. I want the BMW. I want these things. Yeah. We have to, we, as and my advice would be to find those people yeah. that have those same non-negotiables themselves. Oh, I'm not making the 100 phone calls That's for you. Good. I'm making it for me because I want to better myself. I want to better my family. Those people, when you're, whether you're interviewing yeah. or you're getting them through referrals, you just kind of, you know. You know. You know that they, they had a, you know, their story yeah. is a rough one. And you're giving them a chance. And that's what we do. A lot, most of our successful people yeah. that we have were ones that nobody gave them a chance. Yeah, sure. They had a rough beginning, yeah. you know, whether yeah. they got in trouble, yeah. you know, or heading in the wrong direction. Um, all we did was provide them an opportunity, push them yeah. in the right direction, and then hold them accountable yeah. to their own goals, not just ours. Yeah, that's cool. And once they did and figured it out and stopped coming up with excuses 
on their own on why they were failing or why they weren't making it and really went after it, that's when you see each one of them just kind of blossom. And, yeah. and that's when they start being successful and making money yeah. and start being successful in more than just at work. Yep, sure. Just in their overall lives. Yeah. I mean, you know, some of the, yeah. our mutual friends, yeah. right? That you change their lives, man. It's not just the work, but yep. look at where they're at now. Mm-hmm. Families, children, mm-hmm. yep. they have homes, yep. they have, you know. Good bodies for some of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> they right. actually went to the gym. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Um, uh, ripped shirt, man. I see this all the time sure. on, on Facebook. You guys do this. It's a culture thing, right? People yep. look forward to it. I look forward to it. Yep. I love looking at those pictures. Tell us a story about that. So with the ripped shirts, it's actually, um, they cut the shirts up. Okay. All right. Um, we warn everybody now. It used to be when you when you reached a certain amount of assists. So you come in as a brand new person. Mm-hmm. You have to get a certain amount of assists. But on your first one, okay. your team gets to cut up your shirt. Okay. It's a rite of passage. It's also, it, if you're a new person and you come in, it, it makes you feel like you're part of the team. Yeah. Welcome and, to the club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember the feeling, you know, of being in my first oh, sales. and you, you in did that. They so, did that to you. So they did it to me, but it was my tie. Oh. So back, way back when, oh, yeah, when did. we actually had to dress up, uh, they cut my tie. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is the the reason for the tie was as expensive as a, ties were, the thing is you're going to make so much money now after you've got your first. That was the idea behind it. You're going to, oh, you okay. can buy as many as you want after this. Oh, so we just changed it because in the new world today, we don't dress up, Right. Um, so we cut up t-shirts mm. and we say, bring your favorite, your oh, so worst, get a whatever. Heads up. Yeah. Okay, so you get a heads up now. I'm like, they're showing their and nice then, t-shirt today. Like, yeah, exactly. Oh, no, 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 no. We, yeah, we don't anymore. So bad. we're a little bit nicer too. To <laughs> yeah, we're a little bit nicer. But we think it makes everybody feel part of the team. Yeah. And it is a sense of pride that I'm here. I got my first assist and here I go. Oh, that's cool, man. That's a, that's really cool. I look forward to that, man. I want to talk about the leadership, man, how you position people under leadership, obviously with the structure you're talking about. I feel like the same people on your team are the leaders that have been around for a long time. So mm-hmm. that structure that you're talking about, you set that up right away with your leadership team, yep. right? And now you trust them. How did you get out of that and now you can completely trust them to be able to run the show <laughs> on a daily basis because you're 19, yeah. 20 years and you've got a lot on your plate. Sure. You're not there daily. How have you learned to step back a little bit and let right. them kind of take So, over? you know, for anybody out there that's an owner or trying to work on this, it's very difficult. Okay. Okay. It's a very, uh, most of us are very controlling people. Mm-hmm. We want to control every aspect of our business because it's our baby. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, Something happened to me maybe a, you know a year or so ago mm-hmm. that I realized that you know as an owner that sometimes my decisions that I make could be egotistical and they could be emotional. Mm-hmm. Or I don't like this, so let's make this a process, mm-hmm. right? Who's going to stop me? My business partner Jason would stop me. The same as when, if he makes a you know, decision based mm-hmm. on emotion or ego, mm-hmm. I stop him, and it works very well for us. Mm-hmm. But truth of the matter, as an owner, if no, if you don't answer to anybody, you can make terrible decisions <laughs> because you're emotional. Mm-hmm. So I thought I need to maybe start taking a step back and start entrusting 
a little bit of these duties to some of some of my managers. Okay. Um, a little by little. Okay. And training them in order to kind of fill the position. It's still a work in progress. <laughs> so obviously, I'm still there every day. Yeah. I'm still in the yeah. trenches. Um, I can't give up control completely. Yeah. Um, but it is getting easier when I throw projects out mm-hmm. and so to speak, test them yeah. and watch how they do. And the greatest thing is, is through time, because one of the things that so many people do is, well, I don't want to work anymore, so I'm going to promote you to take over my company. Uh, I don't want to do this, so mm. you you take care of this. The thing is, when you do that, the person that you're giving it to might not be ready. Right, sure. And if they're not, how are you going to grow? It's taken a, as you probably hear from some of, uh, some of my managers or the ones that have recently been promoted to vice presidents, that, yeah, I've been waiting for this for a really long time. And I would always tell them, just wait. Mm -hmm. When the time is right, the time is right. And truth of the matter, when I knew it was the time was right, when I start throwing some things out there, hey, did we do this? And I'm already getting answers back. It's already taken care of. Uh... And anymore, um, I guess one of the things that's kind of funny that if you want promoted, make me obsolete. Okay. And so I entrusted or challenged them that if you don't want me here and you don't want, you know, big brother looking over your shoulder or, you know, you want to be autonomous, then make make me obsolete. And these guys have done a really good job of trying really hard to make me obsolete. Like I said, it's to the point when I ask a a question anymore, it's already done. That's cool. Yeah. If I get to an email, it's 30 minutes late. They've already taken care of it. That's cool, man. That's, it's cool to have that trust, you know, but like you said, slowly, you're going to have to earn that. Yep. Yeah. Has anybody gone backwards? And one time you're like, I messed up. So how do they get that trust back again? Sure. It's going to take longer. Absolutely. Uh, as a matter of fact, a couple of the managers have taken steps back through their process. But I guess the one thing with this taking a step back and you want to know what makes you know, me a little bit different is that I don't give up on people. Yeah, I've, I've seen that, yeah. Where that's awesome. upon advice from others is yep. you should let this person go, yep. you should yep. fire this person. Yep. And, you know, the thing is, is that when I see somebody with talent yep. or I see somebody that I believe in, mm-hmm. um, I don't give up. Yeah. And, you know, I would say the same thing that Jason did to me, Yeah. you know, you right? So he saw me fail, yep. but he didn't give up on me. Yes. And so he says... A great lesson. Get up, man. Let's do this again. Yeah. The same thing applies, you know, cool. to a lot of our to a lot of our staff. Yeah. And the reason why this management has been with us for so long yeah. and they build that loyalty is because I mean they gotta feel that we have their back, you know. Yeah, for sure. Man, you got a great group over there, man. So yeah, for sure. Um your goals for the office, man. Um, you guys have weekly, monthly, daily goals. Do you have any advice for businesses that maybe have goals? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Sure. Anything first? My advice would be to set the end goal first. Okay. Okay, so for us in recruiting, so many people set goals of, well, I want you to make 100 calls a day, and I want you to have this much talk time, and this, this, okay. and this. Um, our number one goal is, well, how many placements are you going to get at the end of the week? Per person. Yeah, per okay. person. So they set that, How this is how many I'm going to get for the week. Okay. Now, how they get there... Okay. Is uh, those metrics, but truth of the matter, if somebody gets there and has really low mm-hmm. metrics, it you is what there. it is, right? Now, there. we ask them to set daily goals too, because 
you have to feel, as a salesperson, you can feel defeated mm -hmm. every single day. Mm -hmm. But if you say, I'm going to, you know, rip 100 calls today, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, if you didn't talk to anybody, but you ripped those 100 calls, you at least feel somewhat, yeah. I got something accomplished today, mm -hmm. right? Or I'm going to talk to, you know, if I get somebody on the phone, I'm going to talk to them for 30 minutes at yeah. least. And I'm going to ask every question, okay. you know, and try to qualify them, you know, as they feel that they did a good job or, or, or set that goal for yeah. the day, you're going to feel like you accomplished something by the end That's of the day. Oh, yeah. So as a company, we set the weekly goal, okay. but we ask folks to set daily goals for themselves. So I know what it's like to be in sales. I mean, I just stopped recruiting two years ago, mm. you know? I mean, I passed off my last person, seriously, I think like two years ago. Mm. Uh, but I remember what it's like. And there's days that you don't. Uh, you could call and call and nobody picks mm -hmm. up. Or every single person is a no. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's the no's are the nice ones. Yeah. Some you're getting hung up on. Or, yeah. or nowadays they have their own animated version of, you know, swearing at you. Or, <laughs> you know, uh, people... Yeah tend to play with salespeople sure. these days. So I, I know it. it's really hard. So if you set those daily goals, at least you'll feel somewhat accomplished by the yeah, end of the you day. you won the day almost. Exactly. Because that was your goal. Yeah. Uh, it's good stuff. Let's get to your personal, man, because I've got some questions for you on the personal side. So sure. you have a structure that you have in place at home. Um, you have your kids be accountable. Um, I know your kids had to work when they were allowed to work. Yeah. They had to buy their own car, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Uh, your daughter pays her own insurance because yep. she pays me. Yep. <laughs> so uh, uh, obviously a person, uh, your kids don't have to. They have enough. You could pay for them, mm -hmm. right? So what's your reasoning behind it? And, and, and give me the idea behind that. Absolutely. Um, I think that if I take care of everything for my kids, um, they're going to grow up to be spoiled. Mm. They're not going to know how hard it is, you know, to work, how hard it is to earn, mm. you know, when you earn that first car, it should be earned, okay. in my opinion, Beautiful. and not bought and paid for. I mean, I had to work for mine. Yeah. And I think no matter how much money you have, making your kids work in a hard, tough job, um, you know, at 15 years old when they can first start working, or 14 sometimes, if some places will let you work, I think it just builds that structure again to let them understand that you know, mommy and daddy aren't there to pay for everything, that you need to do this. Mm -hmm. And sure, my kids are, well, how come you couldn't buy me a new Jeep? Mm -hmm. Because I'm not going to buy you a new mm -hmm. Jeep. Did you earn a new Jeep? And sure, my kids, uh, mm -hmm. they go to high school. They don't have the nice, they're not going to yeah. have a super nice car, yep. but they're going to have a reliable car. Yep. And they're going to feel better about themselves, in my opinion, mm -hmm. once they've bought it themselves oh, yeah. and they have to take care yeah. of it. So yeah, all all uh, all five kids yeah will have to do that. Oh, that's so on cool, their man. on their own, no matter what. That's one thing that I'm gonna implement because I my my family comes from other my my dad and mom they didn't have any money you know, so I was like all right when my kids are older yep. man, I'm gonna provide it for them yeah but then I see you I'm like sure. man man I think they gotta earn it they gotta because they'll just build they'll build character yeah going through that and structure and life lesson that I think helped me. Yeah. Become, become, and become who I am. So I think so too. I think it'll be too easy for them if I just hand it to yeah. them. Yeah. What about the uh, 
keeping the doors open or <laughs> key, or or the 68 in the house for the sure, air like what's your sure. philosophy on so, that so my philosophy <laughs> and and uh you know my wife as as well as my business partner Jason okay. will be yep you know he's he's a little frugal yeah you know when it comes to things like mm-hmm. that um you know the house has to be set you know at 68 degrees okay. I don't want it any warmer Okay. Um, even at night, sometimes we turn it down. Um, is it because if it makes you feel like that's your temperature where your body's like, it's comfortable or is it other reasons behind it? Money. Okay. Always <laughs> money. money. Always <laughs> money, man. The lights are on. It's costing me money. The kids leave the lights on upstairs. You know, the heaters turn up. Yeah. It's costing okay. me money. And I, I, that's awesome. Yes. For me, it's, uh, yeah. you know, really big with, uh, you know, the yeah. wide the garage door open, the heat's yeah. getting out. You know, um, it's a lot of it's about efficiency and, you know, truthfully being careful and watching where your money goes. And it doesn't seem like a lot, but truth of the matter, you know, our office building, I think is 30 some thousand square feet. Okay. If I don't actually watch each of these things, like I, I actually have, um, you know, our facilities manager, uh, has to go around and if there's sections of the building that aren't being used, turn it off. The temp- yep. The, <laughs> temp- the temperature. Yes. Down. So during COVID, when we were shut down for those months, yeah. Uh, but you can't let your pipes freeze. Okay, you can't. Oh, sure. We only had certain sections yeah. that were turned on. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but same thing up that goes on right now. Yeah. It's it's about efficiency. And again, it doesn't seem like a lot, but when you have that much square footage, you know your electric bill could be. You know, five thousand, mm-hmm. but if we were efficient, mm-hmm. it drops to four thousand. Mm-hmm. That extra thousand dollars, truth of the matter, that the extra thousand dollars doesn't go in my pocket. Mm-hmm. The extra thousand dollars we might give out as bonuses. Yeah. We will twelve thousand a year. Yeah, we have uh, you uh-huh. know a pizza party for our staff or things like that. Okay. So, I just kind of funnel the money that we save into other areas. That's awesome. And it usually either gets donated or it's off to employees. Again, whether it's, you know, bonuses or, you know, a bowling party or things like that. That's cool, man. No, that's awesome, man. I I appreciate you sharing that. But yeah, I I know. I think your your own wife has yelled Uh at you, like, how come you can't Uh be more like Jack and turn the lights off? I'm a 70 to 71 person. She's more like a 68. Yeah. Um, oh, 71, so. I would roast. <laughs> I would, that, then it becomes uncomfortable. I think that's too much. And I just, I see yeah. like money flying out the door. <laughs> you wouldn't let that happen. Yeah. You have, you have, you have a lot of willpower, man, and you're really competitive. And I know that about you because we had a competition yeah. one time, me, you, Mike, mm-hmm. uh, Jason, and Logan. Yep. And did you weren't going to let that, like you were going to win. Like I, I knew it from like even start because I know how competitive you are when the time comes, when it's crunch time, right? So, sure. and I know that's the same thing, same thing with the business, like the willpower to not eat for 12 hours mm-hmm. or just eat salmon for the next month. Yep. Like, how can you do that, man? Like, I, it's hard for me to be committed every day, but if you have that willpower when you put sure. your mind to it, how do you do that? Honestly, yeah, there's, there's, I hate to lose. Okay. I, I really hate to lose. Okay. And there's something that, always just kind of sits on my shoulder and and drives me when it comes to a competition um in business in personal i just i don't want to lose um but the funny thing is is i have lost through my life i've lost sure and i've been beaten and i have you know failed 
And through a lot of those failures and losing, it actually, you have to make a a decision. Am I going to continue to lose and just be okay with it? Or am I going to focus and do what I have to do? Mm -hmm. And at some point in time in my life, I stopped with any excuses Mm -hmm. on, well, this, you know, because of the economy or because of this or because of that, these are the reasons why. And I stopped. Mm -hmm. And so when we have a competition like what, what we have, what it's we had, on. it's game on, and <laughs> and there's no way I'm losing to Logan or Mike or yeah. you know, and and that focus yeah. and that sheer will yeah. to make sure that you're gonna win means you diet every day. I'm sure you're in the gym every day. You have to do everything, and you can't. There's no cheating because the cheating is the excuse, right? 100%. I deserve yeah. a cheat day. No, you don't. Not if you're gonna. Not if you want to win. Mm-hmm. You have to make those sacrifices. Yeah. And I learned that those making those sacrifices in order to win okay. through all of those failures that I had prior. That's awesome, man. Who was your biggest role model growing up? My dad. Your dad? Yeah, for sure. Okay. For what sure. Is one of the biggest lessons he's taught you. So well, one of the biggest things is that it doesn't cost money to be kind to people. Mm. Okay. Um, but one of the biggest things that my dad sh- just showed, he never really told me, he just showed mm. So they owned a small gas station okay. uh, in my hometown. And he also worked as a boiler engineer for the college. So he okay. worked two full-time jobs. Okay. And that man, every single time, um, if he had a, a moment, which I, I didn't really get to see him very often okay. growing up, working two, uh, two jobs. But if he did have time, and I would say, do you want to play catch? He always, yes. Yeah. It was always yes, no matter how tired he yeah. was. And I watched this man also in our own shop when he would do oil changes, how he would sit and talk to people. Most of the time, it's, you know, like a jiffy loop, in, out, in, out, Mm -hmm. you know, you're done, Mm -hmm. pay me my money, and you're out. And my old man would sit there, and he would talk to people, just, so what's going on with you? How's, you know, how's life type thing? And a lot of folks, it would turn into a 45-minute conversation, but it brought them back. Repeat business. And just we apply that, kind absolutely. And, and when I started people. selling and recruiting, yeah. I applied the same thing. That's Be cool. kind to them. Give them that extra customer uh-huh. service. And you know, honest to God, just talk to them. Yeah. They're not, it's not just, yeah. you know, 10 bucks that they're paying you. They're a customer. Yeah. Make them feel important. 100%. And so that influence as I grew up and started in my own sales career, it really has sat with me yeah. and it still sits me with That's me today awesome. and with our company mm-hmm. is that take care of people and be honest with them. Mm-hmm. Just be honest, be upfront. If you do those things, yeah. they'll come back. For There's sure. no reason to, you know, lie about it or cheat. Yeah. If you do those things, they're gonna find people are gonna find out yeah. and then we'll come back to you. For sure. So That's here, absolutely right? a biggest That's influence. good stuff. Um, you're you're incredibly um, generous, man, in promoting a lot of people you work with, you know, mm-hmm. you work with me as an insurance agent, of course, you know, you promote me all the time within your organization on Facebook, everywhere you have your, every guy, you have your landscaping guy, right? right. You have your drywall guy, <laughs> you've got your, you've got your concrete Always got guy. a guy. You always got a guy, yeah, right? right? So what's your philosophy of your advisor? Uh, so what's your philosophy, man, when it comes to like, why do you have your guys? Cause I can go to you for, for anything yeah. and say, Hey man, I need this guy. You're like, Hey, I've right. got a guy. 
And you promote yeah. them. You right. truly care about them, right? So sure. what's your philosophy there, man? I'm, I'm sure. intrigued. Well, every time I do have somebody to give you, yeah. it's because they're the cheapest okay. and they do the best work, though, right? Okay, yeah, they do. It's never, Absolutely. oh, well. Every time. And usually each time, it's because somebody was trying to get into a business. Okay. They were trying to start their own. Okay. They were brand new. Okay. And they needed somebody to either help yeah. or promote them or give them a chance. Yeah. So the one thing I do is I give a lot of people chances, first chances. Sure. Right? So uh, the example, the, land, the landscaper. Yeah. He was just starting out in his yeah. new business. Let's give him a shot because I really like what he had to say. I knew his work was top quality mm. and his pricing was obviously on point. Right. And the guy ended up putting our house in that's in like the the magazines. Magazine. Yeah. And, and because his work is just phenomenal. Okay. But that's an that's one example. I have yeah. I my philosophy behind it is that again, I take care of people, they take care of me. Yeah. And the thing is, why not? I want other people that are around me sure. to be successful. Do they remind me a little bit of you? Like they're just starting. Like they yes. need just they need a Jason to say, yep. "Hey, come on, man, get up, let's get go, up. Let's, let's do go. this." That's I'll cool. be the first shot yeah. for you. You do this, and I'll prom- yeah. I'll promote you like crazy. Because let's let's help you get yeah. your business off the ground. That's cool, man. One hundred percent. That's cool. We appreciate you, man. Um, now let's talk about non-negotiables, man. Before we before we get out of here, sure. Uh, and then morning routine. Do you have a morning routine that you use? And so, is, if so, what is it? I guess it. <laughs> I don't. I have kids and I have yep. little ones now. <laughs> yeah. So between the seven and five at this point, there's really no routine that you could possibly yep. have. But there's one thing that I do okay. every morning, and I make the bed. Okay. My wife said, thinks I'm crazy. Yeah. She says every morning. Yeah. You just you have to make the bed. I feel myself that if I make the bed yeah. and I make it nice and neat, I start my day. Ooh. Every day. That's like the one thing that I yeah. do. No matter if anything else changes. I make the bed, and then the dogs come on and mess it up, mm-hmm. or the kids come in crying, or okay. one gets sick, or mm-hmm. anything that happens. I I started my mm-hmm. day with that, and it becomes very nice and neat and organized, and that's how I start my day. And is that your non-negotiable? That's a non-negotiable. For no matter what, I make. Okay. I always make okay. the bed. It just <laughs> helps me get in a mind frame of everything is neat and organized, because if you have chaos around you. Sure. It can create chaos internally as yeah. well. So if there's that one thing I can control, oh, that's and that's the one thing I can do is make the bed, yeah. and it helps me get started. Cool, man. Any other non-negotiables throughout the day, whether it's at work or? Keeping keeping things, so throughout the day at work uh, and at home, okay. honest to God, uh, again, I think my wife hates this, but keeping things organized and structured, okay, clean, okay. So even at work, okay, I tell people to you know straighten up their desks, okay. Um, in our conference rooms, trying to keep the the chairs nice and neat, yeah. so when the next people come in, yeah. it's nice and neat. 100%. The thing is, what I've learned is that if your desk is chaotic, if your uh, conference room is chaotic, if you come home and you know the house is a complete mess. Your mind frame changes, oh, yeah. and it goes into, instead of thinking about the things that you want to about work or what do I need to do, you're thinking about, it's chaotic. Uh, I got to clean this. It just, it, it, uh, it mm. like, gets cloudy sure. in my own brain. Yeah, makes sense. But when it's clean 
and neat. Now I can focus on the things that are important. And that's the same thing at work. If my desk, I like to have clutter-free. And in this day and age, you don't need a lot of paper, right? So the more clutter-free that it is, mm-hmm. I can actually think and focus. For sure. So it's a non-negotiable. It's got to yeah, be. Awesome. It's got to be nice and neat. Uh, biggest lesson, man, that your kids or your wife, uh, Katie, has taught you. Patience. Okay. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So I've never <laughs> really been a patient person sure. when I was younger. It has to be now, now, yeah. now. You know, um, they have completely taught me one thousand percent to be patient. It's hard. Yes. Take a step back. Uh-huh. When things look the worst, just take a step yeah. back breathe and have a little patience beautiful yeah that's awesome man final question man we do this every time it's um uh it's the win the day podcast of course okay um how do you win the day man i'm I'm, it goes back to the non-negotiables maybe a little bit but how do you how do you win the day so for myself it's those as even as a company when we set the weekly goals i even set daily goals for myself okay and i win the day by hitting at least one of my goals. Okay. And one of those goals could be to make sure that, you know, I meet a new person. Okay. Uh, make sure I walk around on the floor. The, just the simplest little oh, okay. goals yeah. help you when you leave for the day, make you feel like you won. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. And uh, you write it down, you like in the morning or like when you get to the in office? In the morning. I get in the office. I already have a checklist of things okay. that I'm supposed to do. Okay. Right? So you've got a checklist from the day yep. before or you have your emails yep. to get through. It's something that I tell myself every day. Yeah. And the funny thing is you say win the day. Jason was one of them, and he had this term years ago. Okay. What are you going to do to win the day? Yeah. And when it's sales, it's I'm going to get one person on the phone. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to talk to this person for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Those simple things, but it's daily stuff, yeah. right, that you try to hit. 100%. Nowadays, it's what can I do to maybe make somebody feel important? Yeah. What can I do to make somebody feel better? It becomes more of an emotional or, or a feel thing for me That's now. Cool. And I don't write it down. I come in the office and do yeah. what I'm supposed to do with operational stuff and then try to do something that's good or nice for somebody else. Yeah. That's incredible, man. What a great story, man. Thanks. Looking forward to seeing where you go from here, man. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. All Appreciate right. Appreciate to have you. You bet. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in. Win your mind and you'll win your day. Look forward to seeing you next time on Win the Day Podcast.